I'm Ebony K. Williams, your attorney at law and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the very latest legal headlines everybody's already talking about. We dig into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down for you, and we go straight from gavel to your news feed. And I promise you this, y'all, every single week, we're going to keep it a buck, keep it 100. Right, Dustin Ross? That's right, Ebony. Let's go ahead and hold court. Let's do it. All right, y'all, what's up? Welcome to Holding Court. Uh, Dustin Ross, my love, how was your weekend? Tell me something good. You know what, Ebony? I, I actually do have good things to tell you this weekend because I had a great weekend full of fellowship. The weather was was cooperating for once. It wasn't too damn hot um, and it wasn't too cold. It was just a, a beautiful New York City weekend. Everything's opening back up. So uh, one of my friends actually threw an incredible party on Sunday, which, Ebony, about mm-hmm. 10 people came up to me talking about you at the party. Really? About 10 different people were like, hey, D, what's up? Yo, I love you and Ebony Show. Like, oh. she's so dope and we love her on Housewives. So uh, at the next party that my friend throws, I'm actually going to, if you're free, I'm going to have you come with me. We're going to get us a little section I and turn up with the boys. We're going to turn up with the boys in New York real quick. Listen, mm-hmm. Auntie E's about to be in the streets. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you dangling. We're going to dangle outside a little bit pretty soon because you got so much love, E. I know everybody oh, will be really happy it. to see you. So, yeah. I need it, Dustin. I, I ain't going to even front, babe. It's It's been a difficult <laughs> it's been a yeah. difficult couple yeah. of weeks. So, um, yeah. I would love to, to, to play in the streets with you and your fam and your friends and, yes. and, and and feel the vibes. Speaking of, speaking of, I am going to, because I saw the screener episode for this week's episode of Brody, um, and it's a goodie. And if you watch, you're going to see somebody that looks familiar to yourself, Dustin. Oh, this man. Week. <laughs> it's on then, Ebony. Yes. It's on, it's on and popping. The yes, duo yes, yes. America's been waiting on. <laughs> so, um, so it's good. It's so much fun, so much fun. So, um, so we'll get into that. But we we actually have a really interesting docket today. It's a mix of like, you know, some headlines that I've been waiting to cover, which of course is everything around the the upcoming trials, the plural of of Robert plural. Sylvester. I found out this this brother's middle name is Sylvester Kelly. Child. Oh wow, how appropriate because somebody was always making him feel. Chester, Chester, the okay. Chester. Okay. Oh, let me. <laughs> Let me stop. I'm really already acting a fool. Okay. Come on, we with the shit so, today, baby. It's one of them episodes. Y'all gonna get it this not? week. Yeah. Y'all gonna get it this week because why That's the fuck right. not? That's All right. right. So we're gonna start with uh, Robert Kelly. He's got uh, a couple of upcoming trials. The first one, Dustin, is actually scheduled to start soon. This thing is scheduled to start August 9th. It's going to be right down the street in Brooklyn. Um, it is a federal offense. And I want to run through these charges, but the reason we're going ahead and getting started on it today with the docket is because R. Kelly is, uh, his lawyers, his current lawyers are asking to, to withdraw from the case. Now, this is how the story broke. First, we see R. Kelly's existing lawyers uh, are asking to be withdrawn from the case. Now, my legal antenna immediately went up because I'm like, shit, this trial is, 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 in, a, is in a minute. You know, August 9th is going to be here before we know it to withdraw from a high profile case like this in the ninth inning like this is a flag. You know what I mean? Like, uh, why, number one, are they trying to walk away from the case at this point when they've been on it for over a year, you know? Uh, And what will the judge decide? Because ultimately, it ain't like, you know, you just get up at the case and move on about your business. A judge has to approve it, D, because... 
their withdrawal cannot prejudice the defendant, meaning, you know, them deciding we don't know, we no longer want to represent this individual cannot put the defendant in a poor legal position that the, mm. the law protects against that, which is a good thing, right? Yes. But come to find out, we're going to find out more about this because Judge Ann Donnelly, she is the, the judge overseeing the federal case uh, that, that includes racketeering for Robert Kelly's uh, first set of charges. And the racketeering stems from, and that, that's why he's in this federal uh, federal situation and ju jurisdiction, because the claim is, it, it, think, think the mafia, okay? When you think okay. uh, racketeering, think, think organized crime, think the mafia. And, and the this is interesting. The allegation is that Robert Kelly and company, which includes managers, bodyguards, um, other people associated with his organization, conspired were organized in racketeering efforts, so to speak, to bring about uh, young girls, underage girls, and women for uh, sex trafficking. So that's the nature of the of the charge, and that's why it's in this federal jurisdiction. Okay. Judge Ann Donnelly is setting what's called a cursio hearing. Yeah, a cursio hearing is basically a hearing that determines whether or not a lawyer has a conflict of interest in a particular case. Now, let's just break this down. Currently, R. Kelly has been represented by a man named Steve Greenberg and another man named Michael Leonard. Both of those are Chicago-based lawyers. Both mm. of them D, are asking to walk away from this case at this point, Greenberg saying this particular. Our reasons for withdrawal are significant, and it is impossible in our belief for us to be able to continue to properly represent Mr. Kelly under the current circumstances. End quote. That's a big statement. Uh, yes. I don't know about you, Dustin Ross, but I don't want nobody saying no shit like that representing me. <laughs> At um, all. Okay. 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 <laughs> Listen, you didn't already said you're not up for the job. And, and yeah. In other words, to, to, to quote the prolific Dustin Ross, <laughs> they're trying to pass the peas. Okay? They're trying to pass the peas. That's what it <laughs> like to me, Evie. They're trying to pass. This is a mess. Okay. The good news quote unquote, for R. Kelly is it sounds like R. Kelly is on board with them passing the peas. Sounds like R. Kelly has already identified two additional lawyers by the name of Thomas uh, Farinella, based mm. in New York, and Nicole Becker, based in Michigan. He wants those two brought on as his new legal counsel. Mm. That all should work as long as the judge, I want to go back, nothing's happening in this until the judge signs off. The judge has to decide that these new lawyers R. Kelly has picked out have a substantial time to effectively get ready to try this case on August 9th. Because I'm going to tell you one thing judges don't like. That is uh, prolonging, delaying, or rescheduling trial dates. Okay. okay. Because judges have an interest in getting their docket cleared, honey. Okay. okay. Like okay. they're not trying to backlog this docket and keep pushing this shit down the road and down the road and down the road. It said it's going to start August 9th. I'm sure Judge Donnelly is ready to start on August 9th. And she's trying to make sure, because sometimes I'm going to tell you what, what people can do. It's a little sneaky. Okay. They they are not ready for trial because of a variety of reasons. So they pull this switching lawyers move in an effort to qualify for a continuance mm. so their new legal team can get up to speed. Mm. I'm not saying that's what R. Kelly's doing here, but I have seen that before by defendants. Okay. So this is why there's a, this hearing that's going to take place just this week in New York with this judge deciding whether or not this is copacetic, so to speak, with this these old lawyers dismissing themselves, R. Kelly bringing on a new legal team and trials still moving forward around these federal racketeering charges uh, for August 9th.
That's the situation. Well, good luck with these new lawyers, Ebony, because Thomas Farinella, uh, the one that is located in New York, he was mm -hmm. suspended from practicing in New York in 2011 after a panel of judges found that he was, check this out, Ebony, suffering from mental infirmary, which made it impossible for him to defend himself in disciplinary proceedings pending oh. against him. Okay. This nigga said that his mental health problems from over a decade ago and the resulting disciplinary matter have nothing to do with this case, talking about the R. Kelly case, or his ability to effectively and competently represent Mr. Kelly. That's what he told the Daily News. So he's already- That don't even sound right. That don't even sound Ebony, right. The, the yeah. girl, Nicole Becker from Michigan, they've already identified her as having no trial experience. So they're questioning why she's even been placed on the case. Anyway, it's all a mess. R. Kelly needs to just get him a blanket and pillow and get comfortable because he's not <laughs> leaving there. You know, with, with, with lawyers oh like these, God. you know, you're you're fucked. That's it. Yeah, Evan. that is crazy. You're telling me something. I didn't even uh, know that about old boy having the inco mental incompetence. And mm -hmm. um, sadly, I'm not that surprised. It's so weird how these lawyers with zero trial experience pop up on these extremely high profile cases. And I'm looking at R. Kelly hella sideways that this is who you picked. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know sure. what I mean? With it all this money you've got, he, hell, he'll be better off with a federal public defender. You know? Um, <laughs> he really will. Dead, ass, dead yeah. ass. Yeah, dead <laughs> ass. So this is uh, definitely a hot mess, but y'all know what we do here at Holding Court. We're going to be all over it. We're going to be all yes. over this particular case, uh, which should be starting uh, August 9th. Again, stemming from the federal accusations of racketeering that R. Kelly cons conspired with his team, bodyguards, other employees, drivers, managers, because somebody has to get these women in place for the alleged uh, criminal act, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can't just be R. Kelly because he got to be on the stage singing Bump and Grind at some point to make money. <laughs> That's so right. while he's on the stage doing that, it's all of these other people that the court mm -hmm. is alleging uh, worked in cooperation with this criminal enterprise. That's yep. the claim. And I want to really be clear about that because that is a separate claim than the ones he will be facing in Chicago's indictment, which is Damn. specifically around the child pornography, the obstruction of justice. And remember, we talked about this earlier in holding court, the, the obstruction of justice um, was around R, R. Kelly and his team paying cash payouts, uh, yeah. as well as giving gifts and then also giving threats uh, yeah. to cooperating young women and victims of uh, the alleged abuse. So all a mess. Um, those are Chicago charges. That's coming up later in the year. First and foremost, August 9th, his ass has got a court date in federal court. So yep. a mess, a mess, y'all. It's, it's it's a lot going on with R. Kelly. Uh, we're going to uh, pay some bills because we got to do that. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're talking about... It's a lot of messiness going on with this Gary Owens shit. Now, uh, we talked about this when when the filing first happened and his estranged wife, Kenya, was asking for the $44,000 a month for spousal support. And, you know, it was like, damn, Gary, Gary yeah. doing a lot better than I thought he was. But, um, <laughs> I was definitely but, surprised. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm not about to knock nobody's hustle, so get mm -hmm. it how you live, Gary. Mm -hmm. But now it's gotten messy. Wendy Williams is involved. We're going to break the whole shit down in a minute because there's actually a legal consequence, D-Ross, to this shit Wendy is trying to pull. So uh -oh. okay. um, we're going to get right back to holding court in a minute. All right, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. Now, Gary Owen. Gary Owen, uh, and I really am today years old when I realized his name is Gary Owen and not Gary Owens, because I've been calling him that for the past. 
We I've all have. Him, I've been calling him Gary Owens since the comic view days. <laughs> Back in 1998, he is and will forever be Gary Owens. Okay, I thought the motherfucker's name was Gary Owens, and I was literally today years old (laughs) when I found out there's no S on the end of this man's name. Okay, all right, all right. So, (laughs) Gary Owens, uh, Mm -hmm. is in this divorce, it's extremely messy, and he's saying it. So, if he's saying it's messy, trust and believe it's messy. We got a little more insight when he recently appeared on the Wendy Williams show. And a couple different things went down. I want to slow it down and give you the play-by-play, what we got to pay attention to here. Okay. Number one, like I said, when, when Kenya Duke, that's his estranged wife, originally filed for the divorce, she simultaneously asked for spousal support, $44,000. We talked about how she didn't ask for child support because she cannot, because they do not have any uh, minority-age children. As Gary points out in the Wendy Williams interview, their children are adults. They are grown. So there's no child support claim here. I want to be clear. The children that they have in the marriage are all adults. Fast forward. And he made that very clear. He, he made that clear. Yeah, because he, and this is what he said. I want to quote him. He said, I just want to make sure there's no child support in the divorce. No, for real. Because it got out there that I'm a deadbeat dad, but our kids are adults. Now here, I'm going a, I'm to a be on team Gary. Here's why. Okay. Kenya put out, first of all, I I don't really like the way Kenya's moving. Let me just be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Because uh, although my default is to always support a a black woman in these spaces, it it, it, it seems like she's trying to litigate this divorce on social, on Instagram. Kenya, Kenya, my dear, you, I guarantee you, you have upcoming court dates. Please save the litigation around this matter for the courtroom. All of this social media, Instagram post, comment, litigation tactic, uh, it's a bad look legally. Uh, all of what she's saying can be used against her in actual court, D, by mm. Gary's legal team. Uh, and it's just messy. Uh, and they're too adult for it. And I don't like to see it. Uh, I agree. All, yeah. And, and the deadbeat dad thing, I mean, sis, come on. Uh, because she makes a very specific claim that he hasn't seen his children in four months. Okay. Well, guess what? I, before Mother's Day... I hadn't seen my dear mother, Miss Gloria J. Williams, for over a year. Is she a deadbeat mother? I mean, that's what on. happens when you get grown. When she was talking that shit, I thought them kids were six and four. You know, what I'm right. saying? Like seven and nine. You know, little kids like you ain't seen your daughter in four months. Yeah, yeah. Her teeth have fallen out since you last yeah, seen her. Like, yeah. what are you talking, ma'am? It's a pandemic. This man has to work to pay this fucking forty-four thousand dollars a month. You want to go whatever you right. got to do. You ought so, to be glad the nigga. Well, I guess not the nigga, huh, Evan? Well, he could be. No, 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 no. I, I, if we're gonna use the term, it's got to be colorblind. You yeah, know, you're so, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, yeah. this, with oh, that yeah. being said. You ought yeah. to be glad the nigga was at work. You the one want the forty four strong at the beginning of every month. You ought to be glad he was at work getting the. Uh, listen, Come on that's now, what Kenya. I'm saying. You you cannot have it both ways, Miss Kenya. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I thought that was a low dig. I thought that was intentionally misleading. Um, and again, you're doing it in the public sphere of a messy ass Instagram post. I yeah, don't like. I agree. It. I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. Now, it's as for Mary, it seems, you know, it's, it's very, it's counterproductive. And it goes to show something that he said in the interview, which was a strong statement, but I suspect he might be right, which is that he is further along, Dustin, in the emotional separation of the marriage than mm-hmm. she is. Because mm-hmm. when you start seeing people in a divorce pop off like she's popping off, 
um, with these highly emotionally charged statements, that tells me there's still a lot of feeling there. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. there's still a lot of feeling. I'm not going to assign what the feeling is, um, <laughs> but, but there's a lot of feeling. Um, yeah. And I remember when I first started practicing, uh, a, a mentor attorney of mine, a senior level partner at the firm I was at at the time said, let me tell you something about, about family law, Ebony. It's more, it's more polarizing and it's more emotionally charged than any murder trial you'll ever try. Because the more passionate the marriage is, trust and believe, it's going to be like a death when the divorce comes. And that's kind of what, yeah, yeah. So so it's kind of what we're seeing play out here. So there's a lot of emotion going on between uh, these two individuals. Now, something he needs to be careful with could look harmless because Wendy was, you know, trying to be cute in her bag of Mm -hmm. flirting on air. Mm -hmm. She literally asked this man out to dinner on air. And uh, according to the Jasmine brand post, shout out to Soar Jasmine over there, Jasmine brand. uh, They went on that dinner date. You know, uh, they were spotted at that exact restaurant that Wendy invited him to. Now, here's the situation. There's actually a legal thing I wanted to break down, and that's why I'm taking some time on this story. Okay. Remember the episode, D, where I talked about how separated is not a, a marital status? Absolutely. One of our best episodes. Yes. I, I, I felt so, too. And the reason why is that's not just me saying that because I had my heart broken uh, falling in love with a separated man, although that's neither here nor there. And I'm in a really good place about it. So don't ask me no shit about it. Okay? That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <Abby. laughs> but in all sincerity, um, there could be legal consequences to dating while you are not formally divorced. And you you kind of hear Gary, if you really slow that interview down, yeah, he knows that shit. That's why every time Wendy's asking him these specifics around, are you dating? Do you have a girlfriend? He's like, I'm not officially divorced yet, Wendy. You know, and that's mm-hmm. important here. Couple things that can happen when you're you call yourself being cute and dating while you're still not formally divorced. Number one, depending on which side of the spousal support equation you fall on. You could be cutting into your bag. Here's what I mean by example. Let's say it was Kenya that was in a relationship currently as they await their divorce decree finalization. If she had a a boo and if her and her boo were either full on living together or Gary could cite that she was spending enough nights at her boo's house or him in her house, Mm -hmm. Gary could could file action to get those spousal support claims reduced because the argument says this, uh, she's cohabitating your honor. Mm -hmm. She's not single and totally dependent on just what I give her. She's sharing her life with a man and -hmm. thus her financial expectation from me must be reduced at least by that much. See what I'm saying? So be real careful. Matter of fact, matter of fact, my ex fiance, this was his situation. His, uh, I mean, this was 10 years before I came into the picture. He'd been mm-hmm. divorced long before me, but she was, she was getting a mighty hefty sum, um, during their divorce, uh, and proceedings. And he was paying it cause he's, he's, he's the epitome. I will say much to his credit of the Dustin Ross creed of, of, of keeping it gangster. <laughs> Keep okay. It player, baby. He, he keeps That's it right. player. He keeps it gangster. That's right. He keeps it player. So he really did right by this woman. He was breaking off massive bread in the wake of their divorce. But then at some point, she had, she moved a whole grown man into their house. Oh, so it's my. like, um, sis, what you doing? Nah. 
Um, and that ended up uh, eventually she she went ahead and married that guy, and that 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 bag was was suspended. <laughs> uh, and that that's yeah. as it should be, right? So so I'm just pointing out that that whole dating and moving on real quick, do what you need to do, but don't think it does not have a consequence. Um, another legal consequence that can come from that whole dating while while still separated as you wait a pending divorce decree, you're making the other person matter and matter. OK, and this is exactly why I know for a fact Gary Owen is not trying not to be confused with Gary Owens um, <laughs> right. is not trying to be out here in these streets publicly dating or proclaiming to be in a relationship already or frankly going out uh with celebrities or anybody else in these streets clearly kenya's already pissed this woman is not a woman that is is on good terms with this man no why would he why would he in the midst of still having to go to court trying to probably reduce these high ass spousal support rates want to further enrage her by demonstrating that he's moved on and putting another woman in her face. Right. So that right. she could ask for 64000 a month instead of 44000 a month? Right. No. Nah. Right. You know, and so that's the thing. As he said in the Wendy interview, he's not trying to, I believe he said, pinch the bear. Okay. Yeah. That's what you do when you are out here flagrantly disrespect. I'm going to tell you another story. Mm-hmm. When I was going through my divorce years, years, years ago, who mm-hmm. child? And, and my ex-husband and I uh, didn't even have a highly emotionally charged divorce because I think on both sides, certainly on my side, the emotional aspect of the marriage was already gone by the got time it. we got to a divorce separation space. Got so it. we were at this point separated. We lived in California at the time. It's a very quick six-month divorce uh, process out there when you don't have children and you don't own property together. We Good. fell into that circumstance. So it was going to be boom, bam, thank you, ma'am and sir, going about your life. Yes. Okay, It was going to be as amicable as a divorce could be. However, Dustin Ross, I do... Uh, well, you know, up until my recent stint on Roni, I have, and you know this about me, I have safeguarded the privacy of my personal life, right? Yes, you have. Yes, you I have. I have done fiercely. that um, fiercely, fiercely. Um, it's something that is of high value to me. And Absolutely. my ex-husband, then estranged husband, knew that. So what I really did not appreciate, and his motherfucking ass heard from me when he did it, was while we were separated, we were but we were awaiting a final divorce decree mm-hmm. and nobody knew our business because it was not their business at that time. This motherfucker going to post up on Facebook with his new boot. Uh-uh. Oh God. Opposite of keeping it playing. So I, I politely picked up the phone and let him know, sir, I'm actually going to need you to take that down. That's right, um, you don't have to cause you're grown, but I'm asking you to off of the basis of just civility and out of the respect of the marriage that we did have and the four year relationship we had before we even got married to please respect the fact that to today I am still your wife. That's right. Today I am still your wife and, and the public uh, proclamation, our wedding pictures are still up. You know, shit, we, we got married and divorced so quick. People were still sending us wedding gifts. Okay. This is a bad look. So while you can be in your relationship, I'm not going to knock that. I'm not coming for you. You should be happy. Do me the decent thing and have enough respect for me and really your fucking self. Okay. To take that shit down and honor the relationship status we still occupy 
until this thing is final. And he did do that. Um, so I just want to bring people's attention to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's something noteworthy. Um, and also just, it's just you should clean up your mess when you're in that circumstance anyway. You know, keep things as clean as possible. Keep the confusion and the chatter and conversation down. Like, just why, why, why share that? Why are you excited for people to know you got a new bitch anyway? You know what I'm saying? Like, why? <laughs> right. why? Right. It, 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 it looks suspect. Oh, thank you. See, this is why you are the best fucking co-host in the world. <laughs> you just reminded me of some shit I almost forgot. Uh-huh. That's the other big part of the legal consequence of this dating while separated bullshit. Yeah. Is when you post or or indicate that you are in a new relationship before you divorce, guess what the presumption could easily be? Because even my ass thought about it for a second and he was not the cheating type. But now I'm thinking, how long does this bitch been in the picture? Right. Okay. And, and legally, here's where it's really tricky. If you, and we saw this at the Dr. Dre divorce, when, or we're still seeing it rather. When you indicate you're in a new relationship, now you've given ammunition for your spouse to at least question whether or not the relationship is a result of a marital affair. How about that? And then they get to subpoena your financials and and inquire as to whether or not any of the marital money, community property has gone to you dating your new boo. That's right. And then they get to recoup that. So you see what I'm saying? It's not just it's a bad look because it, it, it is that. But there's also real financial consequence oh, yeah. um, t- to this dating while still married, although separated uh, dynamic. Why y'all so quick to be posting on Facebook? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you You're don't not even that shit about down, it. Yeah. You're all married ass. Right. Shit. You handled that, that right. Evan. You said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Take it You ain't got to be now. having me out here looking crazy. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Ebony right. husband on Facebook on a date. The right. Fuck? What kind uh-uh. of shit is that? <laughs> what kind of shit is if that? You don't take that down, and it came down. So that that's it. And, and yes, so you know, I try to pick you know at least dudes with a little bit of character. Right. <laughs> Somebody that, uh, that can yeah. that that'll land with you know you that'll don't have to with. take it down, but I'm asking you to take it. Yeah, down. And that's I, I hit him with the Ayala tone. You know, you grown. <laughs> you know, you you're an adult, right. and you can do what you want. I can't on make you do panel. It. Okay. I can't, and, I, and I wouldn't try to, right. but I'm coming from a place of open heartedness. That's right. And if you ignore that, then you are really the scum of Then that. you are a real piece of shit. And then That's I would have right. paid for your motherfucking neck in that divorce. That's How about right. that? <laughs> don't, don't, don't play with me now. All right. <laughs> play with your friends. Don't play cool. with me. That's right. I done That's told right. y'all. I done told y'all that. Okay. Y'all, you're so crazy, D. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. I hope y'all really sit with that uh, Gary Owen shit. Seriously. Um, I'm, that was some real... T, that was some real gems. So yes, anybody out there, if you're on either side of that, if you are currently going through a divorce yourself or you are dating someone that is divorcing and they're not divorced yet, be mindful of all that shit we just broke down in there. Okay? Yes. And one last yeah. note for Kenya, Gary's uh, yeah. uh, estranged wife. wife. Mm-hmm. You know, although you have the same name, you don't have to be so untried <laughs> and nasty as the other Kenya who's public facing. Okay? Be the good Kenya. Not like that. That's all I wanted to say. That's scalding tea. Thank you. Um, ooh, child, you should see my, my, my face, my lips is tight right now. Thank you. Um, all thank right, you. all right, Hers and all twisted. right. Now, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. 
Um, all right, uh, jurors, fam, we're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, uh, we hit you with two really um, topical, hot topic celebrity justice story. This one's one for the culture. Uh, when we come back, we got some good news about the black dollar. We want to break it down and, and let you know how you can get in on the tape. Because uh, we know we like to be in on the tape, right, D? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We do, we do. All right, y'all, stay, stay with us. We got much more holding court in a minute. All right, y'all, welcome back to Holding Court. This is really a good news story. While Gary Owen is trying to hold on to as much money as, as he can, I'm happy to report that the black banks, and black banks are not something we talk enough about, yes. uh, but black banks here in America are, are seeing a boom right now, and that's a good thing. And it comes off the strength, uh, on the backs, rather, of the, the horrific murder of George Floyd. And like so many other things that are positive right now by way of black investment, black dollars, efforts to close the black wealth gap in this country, yes. we have to remember what the catalyst for all of this action is um, and, and make sure that as such, we are honoring right the yeah. legacy of black excellence as a result. Um, so in the wake of the, of the murder of Brother George Floyd, there has been an influx of corporate demands, community demands that say everybody, all hands on deck, all races, all ages, do what you need to do to help remedy this obvious uh, shortfall between black socioeconomic standing in America uh, uh, and white and white socioeconomic standing. And to be clear, yeah. we all know that just because you white does not mean you are wealthy. That is obvious. And that is just really one of the biggest myths of white privilege. All white, white privilege does not mean that to be white is to be wealthy. No. White privilege only means this, D. It only means that of all the shit that you deal with that makes your life harder, which could very much include poverty, your whiteness just isn't one of them. That's hmm. all. Hmm. That's all really it is. Simple. That's the best way. Really simple. It's, I came up with, you know, um, and, and I, I won't take full credit for that, but it, it was clear to me in the wake of all these conversations that I was having with a lot of white people or non-black people yeah. that there was a lot of mis misunderstanding and confusion around what white privilege really is. And that's the simplest way to explain it. Of all the shit that makes life harder for you, your whiteness is not one of those things. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Um, so to that point, Black dollars, uh, they're, they're coming in flux and, and it's a wonderful thing. Right now, according to the National Bankers Association, there's $150 million more dollars have been poured into Black-owned banks since the killing of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd that happened last year, of course. This is cool. There's about 142 total minority-owned depository institutions. That's the FDIC. You know how when you go to the bank, you see that little plaque, yes. that uh, FDIC? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's how you know it's official-official. Mm -hmm. uh, and 142 of the official officials are minority-owned um, banks and institutions, Love which it. is fantastic. Yeah, and so uh, last year... Their total worth, the minority ones, $248.6 billion. Good. But mm -hmm. we're up 15% from last year, Dustin, up to $287 billion. Wow. Closer and closer to that $300 billion mark um, at the end of 2020. So that's an excellent thing. Um, and then the question becomes, now that these black banks are getting a bit more money, what are they doing with it? And that's a legitimate question. So it looks like some of these banks, one in particular, One United, this is a black owned bank, they've since uh, the, the influx 
been able to open new customer service centers and, and put on financial literacy programs virtually, of course, in Miami um, and Los Angeles and, and do all kinds of cool things with this increase of funding. Uh, and, and of course, we love to see it because this is a big thing. And, 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 you know, we talk often on holding court about ways of increasing generational wealth in black communities, closing these wealth gaps. Uh, remember, D, we talked about uh, the the housing bullshit on a recent episode where yeah. that black woman uh, sister was her home was uh, what do you call it uh, assessed mm-hmm. uh, the, the value of her home was assessed at a hundred and some thousand dollars less than yeah. it was when she was known to be the homeowner as a black woman then when she took down her family photos and her black art and allow her white friends to, to show the same exact property over a $100,000 difference in the property value assessment. So for anybody that doesn't think that wealth gap is real and that it is correlated with an anti-Black sentiment, you're kidding yourselves. Yeah, You're kidding yourselves. Straight up. Um, straight up. So again, by way of solution, here we go. Uh, this one United Bank, one of these Black-owned banks that, that I just told you what they're doing, uh, the CEO, he has said that one of the things we need to do, there are up to six ways. And I could only get five from this particular quote, but they're all important. So here's some, some keys, five keys right here, D, that we can, we can, uh, what do you, uh, actualize is the word I want to use, that we can actualize as a black folk to help close this wealth gap that we face. Number yeah. one, maximize our savings. Uh, you know, that, that goes obvious, but it's hard, but it's important. Really make the effort, even if it's literally $100 a week or a month, put something in savings. And and it goes alongside this second one, which is maximizing investments. So that savings you're you're curating, make sure you're putting it in a maximum interest building tool. So don't let it sit in a checking account, okay? You're not going to get shit out of that. The, the, the name of wealth building, and I'm, I've learned this through my experience of accessing a lot of these spaces recently, right, in New York and, 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 and you know, these elite spaces we get to be in, Dustin, just by virtue of what we do. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure. And what I see is that extremely wealthy people, and I want to be clear about what wealthy is from, quote, rich Mm-hmm, okay, I'm not talking, but there's a difference. Okay, there's levels to all this shit. Yes. And when I talk to my friends who I would say are legitimately wealthy, and when I say wealthy, I'm literally talking about over 50 to $100 million and up, all the way to the billions. Mm-hmm. These are people that are not earning, they're not going out and earning more money on their day jobs, whether that's in finance or business or whatever the hell, media. That is not how you get wealthy. No. You get wealthy by taking the money you actually earn on those day jobs and you make that money work for you. Their money is what's giving them, taking them from rich to wealthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's investment tools. It's making the money work for you. Not just going out trying to, you'll work yourself to death yes, trying to earn a living into wealth. At some point you must make the money you do have. However small the number is, it's got to start working for you. Okay. Yeah. So that goes into the second key of wealth building, maximizing the investment. So like I said, don't put your your savings into no stupid ass checking account Um, or even a savings account ain't going to probably do what it needs to do. Look at look at index funds. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Okay, check out Vanguard. Check out your local bank. Check out um, these black owned banks. Okay, 
uh, and see what investment tools you can sign up for to put whatever your savings is into something that's going to give you 4%, 6% interest rate return in a year, you know, because that eventually adds up. Look into something that bears compound interest. Look into it. Now, I'm not going to do that shit they do on Clubhouse, which is real aggravating, where everybody and their mom act like they're a goddamn financial analyst and planner. Oh, my I'm not going to do that on Colin Core. Isn't that so annoying? spare me. Like, that's why I don't even Ooh, play you. Y'all all trying to be Dave Ramsey up in this bitch. Shut the fuck right. up. Right. Like, you are but, not the budgetista. Chill. Listen, <laughs> chill. Exactly. But you get the vibes. Figure out what a high-yielding investment tool is for you. And avail your investment to it. I don't care if it's $100 or $10,000 or $100,000. Figure that shit out and go for it. Yeah. Another thing you need to be doing right now, and we, I talk, we talk about this a lot, owning a home is an mm-hmm. entry point and it doesn't need to be. And here's, a, here's another thing. And this is something, you know, I was talking about with my um, journalism colleagues in Tulsa. You don't have to own the home you live in. Ain't nobody said that shit. No. You can own a you can live in New York because you know, especially a lot of young black professionals. There's a lot of our audience. We live in New York, we live in DC, we live in LA, we live in Chicago, we live in we live in Seattle, mm-hmm. we live in places, San Francisco, mm-hmm. we live in cities where it is almost prohibitive to buy property in these expensive fucking cities. I Absolutely. trust me, I get it. Jesus yep. Christ, God yeah, knows. I know you it. do, Ebony. You know, but guess what? Buy a hundred and fifty dollar, a hundred and fifty thousand dollar property in Tulsa. Yeah. Buy a hundred and twenty. Buy an eighty-six thousand dollar townhouse in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Buy something. You see what I'm saying? And 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 the, I, I was thinking about that. If I ever close on this damn condo, I'm buying in Harlem. God, <laughs> yeah. God, God, God be the glory. My oh. next property probably not gonna be in New York. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be somewhere else in the U.S. where I can see um, my ability to move a little quicker. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yes. that's another. I'm just I'm just trying to open up, Dustin other ways of thinking about property ownership, you know, because it can be very defeating. Yeah. To feel like, damn, I got to save, you know, $150,000 to put a down payment on a piece of property in New York or Chicago or what? Nah, fuck that. Figure out what, what you can use your money to buy in a community that's uh, value is escalating. That is appreciating. So you can still be a part of the wealth play that comes with buying real property. It's a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. I'm going to tell y'all Auntie E story time. Have a will. Now, I'm going to shock you when I tell you, Dustin, I do not currently have a will. Okay. But that will be different in the next three weeks because I yes. already got my lawyer on the line and we're going to do it. You know yes. you know what brought me to this place? I was watching um, the season, the series finale of Pose, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ebony. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah, and um and watching Pray Tell uh, articulate so beautifully and specifically what he wanted to do with his uh, last things, what his last wishes were, yeah. um, this, the, the, the beauty of him wanting to have his ashes put in those lockets so that his people always have that bit of him that yeah. says to live, to work, to pose, you know, these yeah. things. And, and it actually inspired me to put pen to paper for the first time in my 37 years. And I did. And I put out my final wishes and what I wanted to 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 happen with the the wealth legacy that I do leave behind. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to draw a will up. Yeah. A lot of us die with no wills. We see it all the time, whether it's Aretha Franklin or whatever celebrity. Um, and a lot of wealth is lost in what we call a uh, testate, 
Okay. That's a legal term intestate. Mm -hmm. Uh, so make sure you have a will. You might think it's for rich people. It's not have some document instrument in place that says what you want to happen with your assets after you have left this earth. Very important. Yeah. And uh, lastly, here is owning a profitable business. This is one of the other uh, keys to generational wealth building. It goes without saying, if you are able to enter into the entrepreneurial space and make it profitable and, and gain money and not lose money, that's going to get you closer to your financial goals. Absolutely. So I just really was excited to end our show today, Dustin, with this this tidbit of good news. Yes. Um, you know, as the old folks say, I ain't where I want to be, but we ain't where we used to be. You know? And this is beautiful. This is beautiful information that will really bring joy to to the world to, to know that people are motivated to do something like this. You know what I mean? After all the things that we saw happen. I just Absolutely. think it's great. It's great. Absolutely. And it's saying that when we put our money into black owned financial institutions, they give their money right back to us. And that's what yeah. we saw. That's what I saw in Tulsa. That's what I see um, in prosperous black communities throughout generations. Um, how do we keep those black dollars in black communities so that it yeah. passes through not once, not five times, not 10 times, but 16, 17, 18 times uh, yeah. as our neighboring communities do in their communities? You know, the Jewish dollar circulates many times in Jewish communities. Uh, the Chinese dollar circulates many times in Chinese communities. Uh, the Italian dollar circulates many times in little Italy. You better believe that shit. So let's make sure that we hearken back to our lineage, right? Mm -hmm. um, where we are making sure that these black dollars are staying in our communities, going to black financial institutions so that then they take their responsibility because they have one, yeah. you know, you got my money. Now, what are you going to do for me and mine with it? Yeah. Um, and I'm happy to report that a lot of these black institutions are doing that. They're giving back by way of real estate loans. It's much easier, as you can imagine, to get a home mortgage from a Black-owned institution, particularly in a Black neighborhood, than uh, a, a mainstream white-facing uh, institution. Yeah. So, good shit. Proud good to shit. share it on Holding Court. Proud to um, let people know that we ain't just, this ain't just no shit talking. We got to do our community. We got to hold our community together. No, this is actual yeah. data, numbers, stats that show you what happens when you put the black dollar into these black owned banks and you see yep. the money circulating. So I love that we were able to share this on our show. I love it. Indeed. Indeed. Me as well. Me as well. Listen, uh, D Ross, always a pleasure. I cannot wait to hit up these parties with you this Ooh, summer. I can't wait. It's on. And yes. Get me wait. out of this house. Um, listen, jurors, <laughs> thank y'all so much as always. Uh, it's, 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 it's been a doozy of a few weeks for, for auntie E and y'all have been here. You've been holding me down. You've been having my back. I am returning to social media this week. So I can't wait to, uh, interface with all of y'all and, and, and see how y'all been taking in these episodes and it's much more to come. So stay tuned. Everybody. Uh, loving you loving oh, you ebony you're doing so well and just you're doing your thing girl oh i love you d uh jurors listen y'all make sure you continue to subscribe give us ratings give us reviews give us feedback you know what do you what, what do you want to hear more of um because you know we really do take y'all's wants and needs into consideration when we produce this show holding court comes to you as always from uppity productions in association with dossie media Presented by the Black Effect Network from iHeartRadio and audio services brilliantly, consistently provided by One of One Productions. Y'all, please check out our girl Thaley and crew, oneofoneproductions.com. Y'all come back. Join Dustin and I next week when court will, of course, be back in session. And in the meantime, y'all um, get vaccinated if you can. I, I was reading today in the um, New York Times 
uh, with, with all these upcoming strains and variants and all this shit, the best thing we can all do is just get vaccinated. Um, so please do that. And as always, uh, keep it player and yep. do what D Ross returns. Returns and conditions, baby. And conditions. We love y'all.